Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And you've all been watching basketball probably for the last, well, as we're recording this, 72 hours because we're recording this on a Monday. And we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of upsets. We've seen a lot of uh, wedgies for some reason. Um, <laughs> not the kind that that occurs with your, your lower extremities and your pants, but the kind that occurs whenever you shoot an absolute brick and it gets wedged between the rim and the glass. Uh, so there was an NCAA record of those, but we've all been watching March Madness, whether you've been doing it at home, whether you've been trying to sneak it at work. So David and I are going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how our brackets are already busted, and we're going to try to make some Final Four predictions ahead of the Sweet 16 Elite Eight games this weekend. And then next week, we will talk about how those predictions were not even close. Mm. So stick around. Yeah. All right, David, uh, you made 25 brackets. I went light this year. I only made five. Do you have any brackets that are doing really well? Do, do you have like a, this is my prime bracket right here. I'm, I'm counting on this bad boy. It was honestly, for a while, it was the one that we were in together. Um, and then whenever Marquette lost, that hurt because I had them in my final four. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I have a couple that are doing pretty good. You, highest points or max points? What do you think is more valuable? Uh, I think max points at this point because you could have a high bracket, but if you don't have any other Sweet 16 or, or if you have like four Elite Eight teams out, then you're kind of screwed. It's true. My uh, bracket 11, I got 1,620 points max. I got 420 points right now on 88.2 percentile. Mm-hmm. So. Bama, K-State, mm. Houston, and UCLA are my final four in that one. And I have K-State losing to UCLA. So that would definitely be a... Uh, it's going to be an interesting one if it happens. But unlikely, you never know yeah. at this so point. Besides that, I got six of the eight. Purdue and NC State were the only two out. So that one's doing decent. Other than that, though, it's... You know it's really upsetting, actually? My second best bracket right now is the one titled Fav- Favorite Mascot Bracket. So I picked based on what I thought was the better mascot. And that's my second best right now. And welcome to the nature of March Madness, where um, you cannot pay attention to college basketball ever in your life. And you can just go in and do something like that. And you will likely do just as good as a person who watched every single game they could possibly watch this year Mm -hmm. and studied and knows what Ken Palm means um, and looks at offensive net ratings for group of five schools. So, yeah, my mine's toast. Um, my main one is toast, I guess I should say. Um, the one that I entered into our pool is actually doing better than I expected. I currently have the most points available of anybody in our pool, despite me being mm-hmm. in third place right now, because I only have one Final Four team missing, and I had Memphis, who lost on the first day. Uh, so Which is surprising. That was, was a little surprising. tough. Yeah, uh, I think I picked them as my dark horse team on our preview, um, and then they lost immediately. Uh, so right. I, I, I have the kiss of death. Um, David, uh, I think for both of us, this year is the first year that we haven't probably been able to watch as many tournament games as we would have liked because we have more responsibilities now. Uh, yeah. But overall, how are you feeling about this year's tournament? I feel really good. I um, 
I feel like we talk about this every year, but like, have we had this many upsets before and like one seeds lose before? And, you know, so, I mean, again, every year it probably happens, but like two one seeds are already out and we haven't even started the sweet 16. Like, has that happens uh, like this? It seems like um, from what I can tell, the parody is getting, there's getting more parody in college basketball. That was a terrible mm-hmm. way to say that, but that's <laughs> the sentence I'm rolling with. Um, like, like you said, it seems like upsets are becoming more frequent. Obviously, within the last four years, we've had two 16 seeds beat number one seed, which had never happened to that point. It seems like the 15-2 seed thing is just going to be a regular occurrence now. Um, and then uh, through all that, the biggest upset we thought of of the opening round was going to be firm in Virginia, and that kind of got pushed to the wayside because of other ones. So um, it it used to be, you know, the popular, like, look for the 12-5 pick, right? That was, like, mm-hmm. that was the popular upset pick. You got to find one of those you like. Now it's, like, look for the 14-3 that you like, right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. going to happen for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think we're just becoming more even as, and this has been talked about, um, on a lot of the broadcast, but it's, I really think it's just NIL, um, is, is having more people stay in college and transfer around. Obviously the transfer portal is huge. Um, guys are shifting all the time. You think of a team like Missouri, who the majority of their guys that play significant minutes are transfers. They are not guys that were recruited to play at Missouri from no. their freshman year on. And then guys can hit threes. If you can shoot in the NCAA tournament, you can win games. We, we've seen that time and time and again. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson almost made it to the Sweet 16 alone because they had guys just hitting shots last night. You know, there's, there's any small school can recruit three guys that can just shoot. This happened with St. Peter's. Princeton is that way. They can rebound the ball offensively, and they can shoot. And that's all you have to be able to do. To yeah. win games in the tournament so yeah yeah so the west region looks somewhat normal two three seed and then four and eight seed so uh arkansas eight upset one kansas so two three four eight uh in the midwest region we have one two three five so those actually look pretty normal but these other two the east region it is three four seven nine k-state three seed playing seven seed michigan state uh, nine seed FAU playing four seed Tennessee, and then the South region is one Nuts. five six fifteen. One seed playing yeah. five seed six playing fifteen. So those first two, I mean, they're one team away from being normal, right? One two three four. One two three four. But these uh, these mm-hmm. two top the South and East uh, regions are just really whack, and it's kind of fun to see that. I feel like. Yeah, I mean Princeton is not playing like a normal 15 seed and mm-hmm. that they're not just winning these games by the skin of their teeth. They're dominating. Um, they dominated Mizzou. Mizzou never had a shot in that game. There was not mm-hmm. one second where I thought Mizzou was going to win that game. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's that, that region is weird. Also just a personal gripe. Um, whoever designed the bracket, you can't put the South region at the top. My brain yeah. doesn't understand that. What are you doing? South is bottom. Okay, it's not at the top. It's down. At the very least, at the very least, do north, south, east, west, but not south, east, midwest. Yeah, I don't. I just west. don't. Don't, just don't ever do that. Um. So yeah, I. I don't. I mean, the way Princeton is playing, I think they can surely beat Creighton 
Um, and I, I don't know about Alabama, who I expect to beat San Diego State, but I mean, I, I they can easily beat Creighton the way they've been playing. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't. I it's that that one is wild. The other ones are a little bit more chalk, as you've said. Um, before we get into trying to pick those uh, those predictions for the Final Four. What has been the biggest surprise so far? Has it been the way that Princeton has been playing? Has it been a team like Fairleigh Dickinson? Or has it been maybe the the way that a great team we thought was going to play well didn't play well? I think for me, um, I'm trying to get... I wasn't as high on them picking brackets just because I maybe didn't know as much. But like reading more on this Indiana team, these guys sound like just sounded like an absolute unit. Um, mm-hmm. And they had a first team all American. They had uh, a big t- 10 defensive player of the year. I believe like, I mean, this Indiana team was stacked and I was really surprised last night to see Miami just blowing them out. I, I really, really wasn't expecting that. I thought even Indiana might be the team that knocks Houston off the map. Um, so that, that's, I think one, but I think they go with Arkansas. I, I don't, I don't know that I expected them to one, be able to play well against Illinois, but then knock off Kansas the way they did despite Bill self not coaching. I know I like tweeted before the game, like without Bill self, Kansas might be on upset watch, but I, I didn't, I don't know. You can always say those things, but do they ever come true? And Right. The Arkansas is looking really, really good. Now this UConn team, it looks stacked and, and that's going to be tough to go through, but I think Arkansas and then, yeah, we'll throw on just Indiana's disappointment there. I think those are two teams uh, not expecting uh, from them, what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I, especially watching. Yeah. Watching the way Miami, it wasn't just like Miami was beating Indiana. They were dominating them. I mean, Indiana looked lost at, at yeah. certain points. Um, which I, I thought was was fairly shocking. You know, even not knowing a whole lot about the Indiana team, you're watching a five seed beat a beat a four seed like you would expect a one seed to beat an eight seed. Yeah. Right. Like that was just that was just clear dominance there. I think for me, two surprising things. Number one, I, I think you have to mention Fairleigh Dickinson. Um yes, we all were like, ah, wouldn't it be hilarious if Purdue lost, Zach Eady lost in the opening game? Uh, it would be so funny, especially to a 16 seed. Like, Purdue is, seems like a flimsy one. But I don't think anybody seriously considered FDU winning. Um, credit true. to their coach, because he said he believes they could win before the game, which I was like, sure. I mean, what else would you say? Are you going to tell your guys, I think we're going to lose this game, uh, but mm-hmm. go out there and try? No, but... Their their strategy worked, and they played the exact way the teams that have been successful against Purdue played all season. They yeah. tried as hard as possible to take Edie out of the game, triple teaming him frequently down the floor, and made Purdue's guards try to beat them. And FDU's guards were better than Purdue's guards; they just mm-hmm. were. Yeah. So that that I think was shocking. And the other thing that that I found surprising um, is just the way that. Tennessee manhandled Duke in that round of 32 game. Yeah. 
Uh, Duke is the more talented team, especially given the injuries that Tennessee has had to deal with. I was kind of low on Tennessee. You were as well. We thought that they were kind of fraudulent, that they had been beaten a lot in the SEC, um, and that anytime they played good competition, they would kind of shrink. And they just dominated Duke physically. I mean, that, that game was close at the beginning, but it never felt like it after the first 10 minutes because Tennessee Mm -hmm. was just, I mean, actually throwing elbows in the paint and just dominating Duke, which you don't expect to happen to Duke. Uh, So I would like to report that uh, the first round game, Duke, uh, Coach K was a fraud because Duke won easily against what people were saying was the best 12 seed in the country. And then the the second round game, Duke is also a fraud because uh, Coach K's recruits were the guys playing on the team and they were all soft. Um, so both ways, uh, always, it's coach K's fault. Yeah. yeah always yeah, coach I, K's fault. That's all you have to remember. I'll admit I was kind of wrong. I didn't think this Tennessee was, you know, that great. Um, yeah, that Duke Tennessee game. I don't know if you watched that. That was like one of the more physical basketball games I've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was back and forth, really, really intense. Uh, and it was actually pretty entertaining. Um, but another crazy stat. This will be the second men's Sweet 16 without Blue Buds since 1980. Those Blue Buds being Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, or North Carolina. Yeah, that's nuts. And I think this is the second. I think the first one, was it 2021? Was that that first one? No, I thought one of them was in the mix in 2021. Maybe maybe it was like 89. Maybe, yeah. But, um, of course... UCLA might be well if they they're the only blue blood left but UCLA might be more of a blue blood than them just with their success yeah but UCLA I mean post John Wooden they've had some but it's not been near the height of those other programs I would say Um, that's true that's yeah that's I mean it's kind of a it's kind of a pick and choose stat but still I mean not having Kansas or Duke uh, make it or Kentucky I mean Kentucky was kind of not really expected to, but I think both Kansas and Duke, even though Duke was a five seed, were expected to at least make the Sweet 16. So not having that happen is pretty is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, David, what what has been the biggest disappointment um so far? I mean, I know we obviously just mentioned a couple of the of the teams that we thought were disappointing, but what else were you disappointed by? Maybe even like an upset pick that you thought was gonna happen that just didn't. Of course, the easy answer is Mizzou, but yeah, yeah, I mean they more than doubled the win total and won a tourney game for the first time in 13 years. So I don't know if I can label that as disappointing. Yeah. Um, I think I mean this goes back to the first round. Even I'm just super surprised by this A and M team to get knocked out in the first round. I know Penn State was on a run; they made a Big Ten championship as a 10 seed, uh, and were just hitting threes left and right. But man, this A&M team seems like they were unstoppable. I think they won like their last 13 games, obviously, until they lost in the SEC championship to a, the one seed Bama. So I was just like, they scored 59 points and were done in the first round. I really wasn't expecting that. Maybe that's just unlucky playing a hot Penn State team. Um, but yeah, I, I think we were both were like, this A&M team can make a run, and then they didn't. So that was kind of like a, ah, uh, you know. Uh, mine is, I think it's really obvious if you just look at the scores for the round one games, David, I'm going to give you a percentage right now. And I want you to 
to guess whether that is field goals, three-point percentage, or free throws for this team. I'm not going to tell you anything else about this game. I'm just going to tell you 23.3%. What do you think that is? Probably threes. Uh, You'd be incorrect. That was the field goal percentage for Iowa State in their round one game. They scored 41 points. They were a six seed. Now, the 6-11 is never looked at as a crazy upset. Pitt scored 59 and beat them. I, I, I cannot imagine how this happened. I mean, they shot 9.5% from three, two for 21 from three. They couldn't even hit free throws at a good rate, 57.9%. You know, the, it's, it's nuts. They, they, could not find, they could not find anything offensively. Mm-hmm. It's one of the worst offensive outputs I've ever seen of a college team ever. And I watched Division II basketball for four years, okay? <laughs> and I, I, I watched teams like Mo West at the at their, the dregs of Mo West or even UCM play, and they were not this bad. It, it, it was amazing to me how bad Iowa State was. Nobody could hit a shot. To score 41 points in a March Madness game as a six seed, you're, this isn't a six team that's just getting demolished by a one seed. They yeah. had the athleticism, they had the size, they had the strength to compete with Pitt. I mean, they've been a, you know, everybody was saying they were battle tested because that's what they always say about Big 12 teams, right? You get beat up by everybody in your conference because the Big yeah. 12 is so deep. And Iowa State was battle tested. Uh, not enough. Uh, needed a couple more battles, apparently, because that was abysmal. Yeah, it sounds like they uh, got knocked down and never got back up. Um, no. Yeah, I remember looking at one point at the scoreboard at the top, um, and it was 22-2. to two, Iowa State was losing. And I was like, bro, it was just 6-2. to two. What in the world happened? And Yeah, yeah they I, kind of actually yeah, had to have a couple of offensive explosions just to get clear of 40 points. Yeah. They were, they were terrible. Um, so I – most most teams can walk away and say, you know, we 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 did well and this and this. I don't know how if you're Iowa State. I mean, I guess you could say you were almost even with them on rebounds. There were a lot of misses to go around. Uh, they had 16 offensive rebounds, but nice. the second chances weren't converting into points either. So it's not like that mattered. Um, they had less turnovers, so 15 to eight. You lose the turnover battle, or you win the turnover battle by seven, and have nine more offensive rebounds than this other team. And you still, you still lost. I, it's, yeah. you know, I, something else I'm really disappointed and nothing against the team that won. I was really hoping fairly Dickinson would win and they really had a chance. I mean, they really had, they did down the stretch, um, have a good chance of winning that. And I was, yeah, I was like, come on. I mean, nothing against FAU, but like, what even is FAU? Like they've never been like that great at sports and Yeah, FAU so is uh, also they just became enemy number one because of that one FAU player at the end of the game that decided now is the time to break out my three sixty windmill whenever Idiots. fairly fairly Dickinson, the Cinderella of the tournament, decided to stop fouling and accepted the their fate. At which case the FAU coach had to apologize to like every single person in the handshake line because it was such a dumb thing to do. Even the dude's yeah. teammates were looking at him like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. and he missed it because uh, ball doesn't lie. So yeah. good job there. I will now be rooting against your team in the next round, despite you being the underdog and I should be rooting for you. Yeah, um, someone tweeted that. They're like, but I will not. FAU went from 
you know, a fun Cinderella team that you could cheer for. It's the most hated team in America. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make me root for Tennessee. What are you doing? Yeah. That's so, rough. So that's bad. All right. Uh, let's do let's do predictions. We're, we're about 20 minutes into this podcast. Uh, the final four, David, you, you've already said it. We've had a, quite a few one seeds knocked out already. Some of the regions look real wonky. Who, who do you got in the final four? Mm, mm, mm. Oh wait, I was about to pick the elite eight. It's one from each region. That's that's tough. All right. I mean, you can, do you want to do that? We can do it in that order. We can pick the elite eight first, and then the final four, if that if that's easier for you. Now let's just do the final four. Let's send okay. it. All right. Um, man, I see Bama represent representing the South region. Um, they just they're like one of the few teams that really haven't looked bad in both of their games and they've won both by 20 points or nearly 20 points like they've been very consistent and uh mm-hmm. i think they win um from the south from the east honestly give me k-state they have two absolutely dogs uh and i mean honestly we saw them we saw them uh this last game playing but just Keontae Johnson is just very, very good. Uh, All-American. I mean, he's averaging 17 and a half points a game. And he also leads the team in rebounding at seven rebounds a game. So I think K-State wins this. Sorry, Tom, but I don't think the Spartans can hold up. And then, I mean, yeah, Tennessee's good defensively and FAU's a fun Cinderella team. But I don't know if K-State, like, that's not a – I don't think that's a great challenge. Like, it's it's not going to be easy, but I don't think that's – I don't think it's as difficult as this Midwest region because um, Texas Xavier play and then Houston, Miami. I do think Houston gets out of that one. Um, mm-hmm. But do, this, this, this Midwest region is the tough one. Um, so Bama out of the South, Mich- K-State out of the East. Sasser was playing. I, I actually didn't know that he would, but when I looked this last game, I guess he's playing an okay because he had like 17 points. So mm-hmm. um, give me Houston to represent since Sasser seems like he's okay. Houston out of there. Honestly, sneaky. Give me UConn out of the West. This UConn team mm-hmm. just looks really stinking good. And um, so, yeah, there's my four. UConn, four seed out of the West. Houston, one seed out of the Midwest. K-State, three seed out of the East. And Bama, one seed out of the South. Backing up real quick to K-State, um, I did not realize this, that Keontae Johnson was the Florida player that collapsed two years ago on the court. Really? Um, yeah, I, and I didn't realize this until I was watching one of the K-State games, and they just cut in with like, hey, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a miracle Keontae Johnson's even playing after what happened to him just two years ago. And so, yeah, he is the... He is the Florida player that collapsed um, and then was hospitalized, I think, for four days. Um, and I did they not didn't know, know if that. he was ever going to play basketball again. And now he is he is the anchor of that team and has them in a Sweet 16 game, which is really cool. Um, for me, I, I, I'm going to agree with you um, for the most part. For the South region, uh, I have Bama as well. They just look so dominant. Their team is athletic, and they can play with anybody, match up against any play style. Um, so 
I, I don't really know. They're, they don't seem to have a weakness. And also, um, I'm, they'll, they'll have a little bit of a tough time getting out of... Well, I think San Diego State is their toughest matchup left because I think if they win the mm. San Diego State game, I, at least on the road to the Final Four, I think then that's, you know, they, they will unless play Princeton just Creighton somehow hits Princeton, which I think... Unless Princeton, unless Princeton just somehow just, hits 14, 25-foot threes out of nowhere, which well, they did against and, Mizzou. Yeah. Unless that shooting guard turns into clay thompson game six clay thompson and just starts absolutely splashing everything in sight i mean he hit a three so hard against mizzou that it didn't even hit the net i it was just it just went straight in i mean he kind of he was nearly there i mean he was probably game five clay bro i mean they were just they couldn't stop no matter where he was shooting it was just so frustrating he was nuts. So I guess, yes, you could say that something could always happen. Alabama couldn't hit shots. Princeton could. But I'm going to agree with you. Uh, well, that's assuming Princeton beats Creighton. I'm going to agree with you and take Bama there. Um, in the East region, I'm going to take Tennessee. I, I think mm-hmm. this Tennessee team is just real physical, like we said, against Duke. I think that's going to help them against a team like Kansas State or Michigan State, no matter which one wins. I also think that they'll just outmatch FAU. I think they just have the size and skill to beat them. FAU. Yeah. Um, I, I think they've made a good run thus far, but they haven't played a team as big as Tennessee yet. No. Uh, in the Midwest, this one's tough. I want to take Miami, and this is stupid. Um, I should not be taking Miami, but I'm taking Miami solely because I watched what Isaiah Wong did to Indiana, and I'm thinking he can do that to Houston as well. Mm-hmm. I know that Houston is a team that is very strong defensively, but I, I really do think Miami has the potential to upset here. And the tournament, I'm always going to be a sucker for the team that just has one guy that's just better than everybody else. Um, mm. And Isaiah Wong, all, all ACC, I, I, I just think he has the potential for that. Houston struggled in the first half with Auburn. They struggled mightily um, in their first game, which they should not have. But they, they, there, were, there were points where it – I don't know. Houston just hasn't looked as dominant as I would have liked them to as the one seed. Um, and a team that, quite frankly, I picked to win the national championship. I'm not going to look dumb in, in a week, but I'm going to take Miami out of the Midwest region. And then for the West, I really want to pick UCLA. Yeah. I really do. But it seems like they're going to have an injury every game. Mm. You know, I, I, and I just don't... I, I, feel like that at some point that health thing is going to catch up to them. Um, yeah. And if they were if they were completely healthy, I think it's UCLA, no question. I'm going to go Gonzaga. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Look, Drew Timmy's playing well. All right? Yeah, he is, um, he is. And they beat a really tough, a really tough TCU team. Um, and that, that scores only three points. There was a three at the buzzer. So they did actually beat TCU really by six. And UCLA struggled a little bit with the Northwestern team that I thought was much weaker than TCU. Obviously, again, it's the tournament. Anything can happen. Um, Arkansas and Gonzaga. Arkansas won that game. I thought I thought you were right. They played well against Kansas. They won that game because of the just all-time gaff backcourt violation that happened with like a minute 30 left that gave Arkansas an extra possession. And then from there, Kansas was just playing from behind. UConn pretty well dominated St. Mary's. And actually, they would probably be second place for me. Uh, for the team I would pick in this region. But I think Gonzaga just has the experience and the skill inside to to play well against a team like UConn. So I'm going to take Gonzaga. So to recap, um, I picked Alabama, Tennessee, 
Miami and Gonzaga. So, uh, so one, four, five, and a three seed. Yeah, that could be like one of the more diverse seedings we've had. Yeah, I mean, normally when we say that there's been a higher seed, it's normally like uh, two ones, a two, and an eight, right, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But this year, I think we have the chance. I mean, very easily could end up with with no one seeds. Just you know, you could say that every year, but really the the way that some other teams have been playing. In, in the tournament, it's about being hot. And if you're, if you can hit yep. shots, uh, specifically, you know, if Bama or Houston has an off night shooting the ball, it, it can go either way for them. That's how the tournament works. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't, I don't expect it to be a, a top heavy Final Four. I don't expect all the, all the better seeds to win. Yeah. And going off that, what of, what region do you think is the toughest? Like, of these four, which one's like, man, this is just going to be the toughest games, teams going in with that? I think it's probably the Midwest. I mean, you have Xavier and Texas, two really good teams, in Houston and Miami. It, it's pretty – this is the almost the chalk region, essentially. Um, the only, the only kind of upset was Miami over Indiana. But I, I, the way that Miami was playing right now, Houston's been a dominant team all year. They can slow the ball, uh, the slow the game down. They they're really great rebounding. Texas and Xavier are both athletic teams that can shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Texas struggled with Penn State a little bit more than they should have. Uh, Xavier pretty well put Pitt Pitt away in that game. Yeah, and, and wasn't yeah. really close. So I think that's probably if you're taking pound for pound, I think that's the toughest toughest region. What about you? Yeah, I would agree. I was kind of looking at that, and it's just like, man, it, it, Houston, it, it didn't get screwed. Like that's just how it works. But like when you're thinking about it as a one seed, it's like, man, they got the most difficult pass path to the uh, final four. Of mm-hmm. course, I guess you could argue the two that already lost, but uh, I wouldn't say they lost because of their difficult to the team. I, you know, but yeah, Houston having to go through Miami and then and then Xavier or Texas, like stuff. So if they if they go through that, they got really good merit to win the Natty after going through two really tough teams. So mm-hmm. who um who is the team you're gonna root against the most? And who's the team you're gonna root for the most that's left? Because you obviously Mizzou is out, so you don't have a dog in the fight anymore. It's true. Um root four. It's always bittersweet with a team you lose to because you kind of want them to win to make it you makes you look, look better. better. Right. But then yep. you're like, but <sighs> I think the team I'm rooting for is Creighton. Uh, just now that I'm uh wife and then her family is really into Creighton. So I've like when I've been up there, we've talked a lot about Creighton, watched a lot of Creighton. So I'm more involved with that team. And, you know, it'd be they've I don't know if they've ever won. I don't know enough. Uh, and they're a six seed. So it'd be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. going through this Cinderella Princeton, going through Alabama, that would be really fun to uh, just see that. It'd be really cool. Team I'm rooting against the most, it's between, it's between two for me. And I'm going to have to say Arkansas. I cheered for them against Kansas, and I just yeah, can't stand to see them succeed just with the team, the head coach, who is the most annoying and worst head coach, in my opinion. I, I can't... Well, he's not. He's actually a really good head coach. That's why he's frustrating. I mean, he's he's a his child, teams, though. His teams overperform in the tournament. Yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. So, and then just the people I know um, who really like Arkansas and love to message me. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I hope Arkansas loses um, actually before the game somehow, if that's possible. Uh, I'm glad that you get those messages and I don't have to deal with them. Um, so that's fun for you. Um, serving, you know. I think, look, it, when you go through like half of these teams, I'd love to watch lose. Um, yeah. Like I genuinely would root, root against them. Uh, so I'll answer the four question aside from Princeton, which I think is the, the easiest one. Um, UCLA is like a really likable blue blood, which is weird. Mm. Normally you're like these teams that have a lot of, you know, historic success you don't want to root for, but UCLA, um, the, the team's been around for a while. It's not just a bunch of freshmen. Uh, their mm-hmm. stars are all guys that have been at UCLA, UCLA for two or three years. Uh, they've dealt with injuries, so they got to overcome that. And they're going to be, while they are the, the, you know, best seed remaining in the region, Gonzaga, Yukon, Arkansas, that's, that's tough still. It's, yeah. it's not like they're going to, they're going to kill a Cinderella on the way. Cause I wouldn't classify Arkansas, even if they want to make the elite eight, I wouldn't classify Arkansas as a Cinderella eight seed there, but they have, they're a power five school with a pedigree. So and they've been three years in a row now to the sweet 16. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's UCLA for me team. I'm going to root against the most. Um, I seriously got, this is tough. Like I, there's more teams that I hate than like left. Um, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, FAU now because of what they did. Probably it, Alabama. <laughs> it might be. It's it's between Bama and Houston. So then that's not just because of the one seats. Houston's coach Kelvin Sampson is one of the biggest douches in college basketball. Mm. He is a jerk. You can Google his name and controversy or anything like that. And he pops up with a bunch of stuff. He's like, he thinks he's Bob Knight. He, he acts like he's Bob Knight. Um, I also don't like kind of like Tom Izzo for that reason, but Bama, it's so easy to hate this team just with the outside stuff that's Mm -hmm. going on. The fact that Nate Oates, every time he gets the opportunity to maybe say the right thing, just absolutely steps in it and says something completely tone deaf. Um, and the whole, everything surrounding the shooting, whether or not, um, which there's been some new evidence that comes out that, that it, you know, kind of kind of puts it more in the context of a gunfight rather than what many people have been running with, which is a cold-blooded murder. I'm not going to speculate on the legal circumstances. What I am going to say is that they've handled it in the worst way possible. It's been a PR mm-hmm. nightmare for them, and they have seemingly said the dumbest thing they could possibly say at every step and done the most insensitive tone deaf thing they could do at every step of the way as well yeah um i was overjoyed when even when alabama won brandon miller scored no points um and i will be rooting for him to score no points in the future um Hmm. so i I think maybe bama will edge out houston there and i'm going to root against them hard also they're in the they're in the you know possible seat driver's seat of playing against a team like princeton to where everybody in the country, aside from Bama fans, is going to be rooting for Princeton to win that game. So it's going yeah. to be much easier to root against them in that scenario yeah. if that happens. You're not a horns down man. Uh so Texas basketball would be way easier to hate if they were ever like good. Um, in that, well, that's true. Like Texas football, they could be like, yeah, we won national titles, and they talk about the Vince Young thing. But Texas basketball, like, had Kevin Durant and did nothing with him. Like, it's not a good program. Um, mm-hmm. And if Chris Beard was still the coach, absolutely. I think it's a little bit harder to hate them at this point. Um, 
because they made the right decision and fired that guy. Texas did something good. Um, Alabama would imagine that probably the way that program handles things. So yeah, I'm not, I, I, I don't like them. I don't want them to win, but they're, they're not at the top of my hateable list. However, I can, they can very quickly change it. They start to do horns out every time they hit a three or something. Then yeah, then, uh, then it'll, it'll change for me pretty rapidly. Yeah. Very quickly. I agree. David, uh, we made our predictions. We, we've talked about the teams that were kind of on upset alert. We talked about the teams that we think have the best shot. Um, is there, is there anything else you think we should add before wrapping this bad boy up? I, I don't think so. It, it's always fun getting to this part because your tournaments, your uh, brackets are screwed up enough where now you can just hope and cheer for an upset in every single game and you don't have to be worried about it or tied down to your bracket and how it's doing. Um, so, you know, if we're lucky, we'll get a San Diego State, Princeton, FAU, Michigan State. Miami, Xavier, Arkansas, Gonzaga, uh, Elite Eight, just with every every upset happening, and and so that would that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, probably won't happen though, not likely. No, um, no, I don't I don't think so. What are the chances we get a red versus red team championship? You think that's likely? I think it happens a decent amount. If we're putting a percentage on it, I would say based on who we have left, right? I think the obvious scenario. Um, four is a is a Bama Houston championship. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 27 percent for some reason. Um, you know, a couple blue teams in there. I guess we can have blue. Is FAU blue or red? Because uh, they have a lot of red on their jerseys. But uh, are, are we going running with their blue team? I'm gonna say blue just based on their logo. All I really see is blue. Okay, right now. so three of the three of the four regions have red teams in them. Um, this is a random question that you just asked, but I'm gonna say 27% and give you a random answer. Yeah, there's a higher chance that there's some blue teams because there's five, six if you count Gonzaga as a blue team. Mm-hmm. That's probably more likely, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, be the worst national championship of all time for David. It's like Texas and Tennessee, just two just not liked programs or. It's okay though. It yeah, would that be unique would, though. That would be frustrating. It would but, be very orange. That's the orange national championship. Exactly. It's the Syracuse yeah. national championship in honor of Jim Beheim, who retired after making millions of dollars um, to then take a part-time gig at a radio station. Why are rich people lame? That's kind of funny. Rich people it? just be rich and not do anything. Why do they always have to make more money? It's what's like NFL players who like, take the color by color and play by play jobs from me, people like you and me. And then, you know, just keep making millions of dollars after their NFL career. I mean, I don't know if I was in the running for that, but yeah, I, w- why, <laughs> you know, like Tom Brady, sure. You can, you, you can step into the booth. Um, I guess maybe you're just worried about getting bored, but like if I made as much money as Tom Brady did, I wouldn't be like, Hey, when can I go back to work? I'd be like, Hey, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to do anything for the rest of time. So yeah. I think that is the problem, that feeling of getting bored and also like forgotten. And like all these friends and guys that I know, like in six months will have moved on. And it's true. you know what I mean? So I think they have that fear yes. of like having nobody because they surrounded themselves with only those people. I don't know. You know, but, I sure. Fine. I guess knows? I get it. I, I mean, I would do like still the fun celebrity stuff. Like I would, yeah, I would go out to the celebrity golf tournaments and do stuff like that, but I'm just not like, I'm going to work part-time at a radio station. I'm going to, I'm going to be a yeah. guest. Got like, no, I don't, I, die on. I just don't want to do that. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't, I don't get rich people. 
because I'm not yeah. one. Uh, Amen. Sh- shocking as it is to hear for everybody. Um, so the East and West regions play Thursday the 23rd. Uh, first game will be 530 K-State, Michigan State. Uh, and those four will happen on Thursday. And then Friday the 24th, the South and Midwest regions go and Bama will be the San Diego state will be the first game. Um, it's weird. The times are different, but so South and East region are TBS. So CBS gets two Thursday games, two Friday games, and then Midwest West are CBS to get CBS. And then, uh, they get two on Friday as well. So splitting it up, rest in peace, true TV. I guess they spend millions on the round of 64 and well, they're uh, all owned by the same company, so they don't care. And Impractical Jokers, no. yeah. The, yeah. The episodes like, of Impractical Jokers afterwards. Uh, TV comes out two times a year. It's kind of fun. David, at what point do you get extremely depressed that the tournament's almost over? Is it when the Final Four games start, or is it that Sunday night whenever you're, the last Elite Eight game starts when you're like, oh, no, we only have like one more weekend. This is not fun. Honestly, I think it's like in between the first and second game of the Final Four. Because mm. like I'm high on the first Final Four game. Like, all right, let's go. And then you look at ESPN, there's like one game left a week, and then there's one game. I'm like, dang, already? Really? So for me, it's pretty late. I don't think that kicks in until oh, then. See, I'm different. I get the, I get the Sunday scaries, um, mm. the lead eight game. The last one, when it tips, I'm like, yeah, I love I love basketball. Like I love, And then I'm, oh, great. We get two games next Saturday and one game on Monday, and then we're done. Um, and I, unfortunately, like – seems like the national championship game is just the worst of the tournament in the last couple of years too. Um, maybe that's just the Baylor Gonzaga game being just permanently fixed in my brain where Baylor led by like 11,000 points the whole time. And mm-hmm. Drew Timmy um, celebrated by stroking his mustache when he was still down like 27, which was an well, insane the problem move. Is 2016 set the bar very high. Because North Carolina hit that double clutch three, and then Villanova went down. Yeah, we're never going to reach that peak again. The a literal buzzer beater to win the game in the national championship. The just the craziest national championship I've ever watched. Yeah, yeah it was so good. We're not going to reach that again. That's unfortunate. So good. Um, but we still got a lot of basketball uh, to watch. A lot of work to try to avoid by subtly watching something on your laptop um, while you while your boss isn't paying attention. So. Yeah, honestly. Well, actually, from here on out, though, it's night game, so you should be aight. Yeah, I should be okay, um, but, you know, also, I may not be. I, I vote uh, and, and push this ballot forward to move the national championship game off Monday nights. It Why does college so do that? Weird. Why are they doing that? Why doesn't college – I don't – I have a small group too, bro. Well, Maybe I we would just – Like a social or something. I don't even know, dude. I would suggest – Maybe this is because I don't know anything. Um, maybe I'm dumb. I'd rather have a Friday Sunday split than a Saturday Monday. Yeah. Like if you kicked off the games Friday night, um, and then and then you had those those two games, like one starts at six, one starts at eight thirty or whatever, and mm-hmm. then you wait and the Sunday Sunday like you can do this at like four or something. This national championship Sunday afternoon. I like that better. I, the Super Bowl I, does that, and they clearly don't have any issues with viewers, you know? Yeah, I just think that the Monday night thing is like, it's just weird. 
It just feels, and they do this with football too. College football is the exact same way, which doesn't make, which makes even less sense because in basketball, at least you can make the argument, well, they got to play the games in the same weekend. Saturday makes a lot more sense. College football. Why are we, I know it's because the NFL playoffs, but like, can't we demand that we get that one spot back? Can we not, can we not have a window on Saturday night to play this game where we've all been watching college football all season? I don't, I don't get it. Like they have to be losing viewers on a doing Monday night rather than a Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Cause whether it's church, whether it's sports, whether, I mean, there's sports are in the heat right now on Monday nights, whether it's even work. Cause I know the game starts at five, five thirty. like people are still, people are leaving from work still. Like, you know what I mean? I just feel like, yeah, that's gotta suck viewers. for West coast people. Um, yeah. Cause, cause they're probably at the tail end of work whenever and all the stuff is happening. I, I just don't get it. I think they should hire us to change these things. Um, I, I would Honestly. like to be a part of a common sense rules committee. I would also like yeah. to be part of the committee that decides that there is one spelling for each name on the planet and you don't just get to make up whatever you want to try to be quirky. Mm, um, I'm yeah. sorry. You don't get to throw a GH in Kaylee. You don't. I thought, I thought you were going to also petition to be on the what is a charge committee because for some reason a ref sees a defender fall down and they immediately think it's a charge and it just um, makes me it makes me regret watching the, the sport of basketball when i see that because i yeah i agree and i would also like to be on the committee that just decides that um if you complain no enough you just Period. get to instantly i just get it technical just i wish we had an at like a eye in the sky technical guy that's like oh that's three seconds of complaining technical, like stop. It's or the fifth let time the coach do it. I just can't. And these guys are doing it at the Tennessee center who did it every time he elbowed that Duke guy oh in the face. And he was like, what, what is MMA not allowed in, in yeah. college basketball? What is this? Um, this dude looks Russian is, I think he is Russian, isn't he? Um, I'm not going to speculate on his, on his ethnicity or the, the aggressiveness. Uh, Cause that's, that feels scary to me. Uh, Vladimir Putin is where we live, David. So, well, his name is... I don't know how to say it, so it might be. It's going to be so sad for you when he's just Polish and you just look like a jerk. Hey, man. Okay. On that note, um, this has been episode 81, our final four predictions uh, of 2023 March Madness Tournament. Uh, you've been listening to What Do You Want to Watch? We will see y'all later. Bye.